Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. We've had a crazy few weeks with movie reviews, so many reviews. Uh, it's good to have things slow down a bit and we can get back into talking about some of the big news stories. There may be new life for DC's Swamp Thing, we have A Little Mermaid and Ghostbusters 3 as an unexpected new cast member. We'll be returning to Jumanji once again and Disney shows us our first look at the live action Mulan. So we'll start with trailer talk. None of the things we've mentioned so far, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> There's only one thing that would get me in a cinema watching this movie and it's Naomi Scott. I'll just say it. I'm not even not hiding the fact. Kirsten Stewart. She is looking quite fine. Ella Belinska. This... Elizabeth Banks. It's all about Elizabeth Naomi Banks Scott. all over the poster. Let's talk about that before the trailer. Like She is credited three times on the theatrical posters. Is it a joke? I think so. <laughs> I mean, it has to be. There's one poster. None of the angels are credited. But Elizabeth Banks. It's a film by, screenplay by, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. And she's also in the movie. As Bosley. Mm. One of many Bosleys, I believe. Because we get Patrick Stewart in this trailer. And oh, I think so he is a Bosley? I think he is a Bosley. I think that's what they're doing with these movies. Okay. I'll tell you what, though. Sure. It looks fun. Does it look fun? I don't think I've ever said that about a Kristen Stewart movie, ever. That <laughs> <laughs> it looks fun. But this one, I'd say it does. It doesn't look to have the same cheese factor that we got in those 2000 movies. No, I think they're going more serious. Not too serious. But Still fun, more. though. I think they, they look like fun chuck-away movies, maybe. Like, yeah, I mean, it does. It, they look a bit silly. and it, I, I don't know. Maybe one outing with, the, with this squad. I can see a trailer and think this is either one for the cinema or one for iTunes. Looks like an iTunes movie to me. Uh, yeah, maybe not a review from us. <laughs> <laughs> Jumanji the next level not only our first trailer title reveal we didn't know until leading up to this trailer the name of the movie now that first movie shocked us surprised us we both liked it enjoyed it we both went in not intending to dislike it but think we'll watch it we're fans of that original we're not expecting much if anything we're expecting to hate it so good that is such a good movie how can <laughs> I how can they build on that first movie, we knew that the returning actors were coming back. But if you'd have told me Danny DeVito, or, or should I say The Rock would be playing Danny DeVito, wouldn't I believe you? I'm con- like, this trailer is confusing. Because, I mean, you know, we had those four kids and the four, like, Avatar characters. And, you know, they were who they were. In this one, the four kids are back, but only two of them are going to be playing, like, you know being played by the Avatar characters. And we've got Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. But what happens here? Spencer, he goes he goes in first, which makes me think he's the pilot. Yeah. Possibly, so then yeah. the other four go in, and not only do you get Danny DeVito and Danny Glover playing The Rock and um, names escaping me, little Kevin guy, Hart. Kevin Hart, yeah. sorry, little guy. <laughs> but you've got it reverse now. Whereas the young girl is now Fridge. Yeah, it's... So they've flipped it. It's just, it's just, I think, so they're not just doing that same movie again. Fair enough. But, but it's this very confusing trailer, though, I don't know where we're at with it. I, I don't know. But it looks I'm fun. Lost. I'm lost. It looks like a, a lot of fun. You know, we got... We really enjoyed that first movie, or that first sequel, and this just looks like so another good movie. let faith in it. Yeah. But honestly, like, when you've got... So now it's Diane DeVito as The Rock... 
and he's doing the smouldering look, and then he starts pulling like a strained face, and then you know Kevin Hart, and he's like, "You have a stroke." <laughs> it just, I don't know. It, it looks fun. The fun, the the I think the funniest parts are gonna be the Danny DeVito and the Danny Glover additions to this. Hundred percent, just mixing it up. Mulan. This is one that I haven't seen. I was about to, <laughs> and you said, "There's no need." I'll work. I'll, I'll talk I'll you through it. It looks fun. It looks like they're putting that movie, that animated movie, on screen, bringing it to life. It, it's all there. Do you see the dragon? Because there's know. a rumor that the dragon's not even in it. Maybe the dragon's like a metaphor in this movie. No, but no dragon in uh, no Mushu, no Mushu at all. Any singing? They got singing in no, this? No, no singing, no songs. I was hoping for a little bit of. Let's get down to business. One hundred percent. Even Johnny just Osmond. like music, but no words. Yeah, is this gonna be a musical? Because this heard trailer, that maybe it isn't going to be a musical. That upsets me. I think it's of the best songs in that Mulan movie. If what we've seen from the live-action Disney movies so far have been musicals, mm. and you know that I'm, like, I don't like musicals, but I enjoyed Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> but but you know, Beauty and the Beast had music. They've all been musicals, like the like the uh, cartoons. Mm. So it'd be odd if they stopped that here. But it does visually look quite striking. Um, Set pieces, costume design. Um, do watch it after this, and maybe you can give me some some off mic uh, feedback. It looks like Mulan. I mean, come on. What more do you want other than singing and a dragon? Yeah. It doesn't look. It doesn't look cheap either. And you know, like with Aladdin, it had sort of like a very clean cut sort of feel to it. This has a, tonally a bit more grit as okay. well. So I will check it out. One one trailer I did watch though. Knives Out. Holy shit! Until this trailer. <laughs> Didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> I didn't oh, know yeah. anything about it. With this, Daniel Craig puts on his detective hat, an American accent, and it's a whodunit. We love the whodunits. I mean, we really enjoyed Murder Mystery. <laughs> yes. I mean, one enjoyed it more than the other. <laughs> Me. But it was a good movie. And now we've got another whodunit. And wow, it's a who's who. This has got a huge cast. Um. Yes. Daniel Craig. Um, Chris Evans. And many more. Oh, and he's swerving in this, which the internet's taken note of. You know, because he is, or was, spoilers, Captain America. Whoa. So so, so I think because he's now swerving in a role that's not Captain America, people are taking particular note of it. But he looks good in this trailer, and it's a fun cast, and who doesn't love a good whodunit? Always fine, and it kind of has sort of like the majesticness of... Murder on the Orient Express, but also a bit of sassiness and style to it. That I don't know. Ryan Johnson bringing the director's chair on with him. <laughs> Maybe people will start cutting the guy some slack <laughs> if he can distance himself enough from Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I mean, they put that on the in the trailer though. It says from the director of. I mean, Star Wars yeah, Last Jedi. It's, okay. I mean, it's still my money. It's a huge movie, but yeah, this, you know, the trailer looks fun. They put out a a fun poster and it had the magnifying glass. And what I've done, I've installed in a little bit. I've got the cast list because we should know. Like, <laughs> again, we'll be talking about this big ensemble. So we've mentioned Daniel Craig, Chris Evans. We've also got Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Don Johnson, Michael Shannon, um, Christopher Plummer. Great cast. Looks good. I think it's out in November here in Australia, so maybe we'll um, put a review together. Looks like a fun one. Now on to movie news. It director Andy Muschietti is in talks to direct The Flash. 
which is supposedly still starring Ezra Miller. He's hanging on, isn't he? At one point, yeah. there was talks of Miller teaming up with comic book writer Grant Morrison to put in their own draft together because yeah. they were worried that they were taking the the movie in a silly direction. I think we've, we've, they've gone through a few directors now. I, I just think... Quite a few. And what I'm hearing... keep it going. The, the original screenplayers, apparently they're gone as well. Oh. That's the guys responsible for Homecoming and the Vacation movie. So now we're looking at having Birds of Prey writer Christina Hodson writing the new script. That'll keep, I guess, some sort of tonal continuity. And... But if you look at what DC have done before, like they went to horror director James Wan from the Conjuring universe to do Aquaman. That turned out really well for them. So maybe they're trying to do that again with the IT director. Swamp Thing, a little bit of news, not a lot. Kind of bit of speculation. Since the cancellation of the TV series, Warner Brothers are looking to consider bringing the character to the big screen with James Wan being involved again, but having a new cast. Yeah, it's a whole movie version of it. Sure. And I mean, like I've you heard, said, speculation, yeah. so... But I thought it's yeah yeah it is but I thought it's worth noting I mean Swamp Thing is still airing on the DC Universe app in the US and episode to episode it's getting positive reviews and it we've talked about it before it sounds like the reason for the cancellation was cost it ended up costing them more than they thought it would some sort of issue with tax the, or something Louisiana where they were shooting it they thought they were going to get it cheaper than they actually ended up having it so the show was cancelled. They announced the cancellation after the premiere, which was really positive. But now, potentially, having James Bond come back on board and doing a movie. But new cast. And I'm thinking new direction as well. But that's okay. I mean, you would expect that as well. You would, they wouldn't just bring it to life on screen from the TV. But all crew. speculation. That's it. Uh, the Eternals, Selma Hayek is in early talks to join Richard Madden and Kamal Nanjiani in Marvel Studios' The Eternals. It is not yet known who the actress will play. And I don't think we yet know any more about The Eternals than previous episodes <laughs> where we brought it up, only that they're all-powerful cosmic beings. So we should not speculate on any characters, because like, I don't know Jack. We've not got a clue, but what I will say, Selma Hayek joining the MCU, love it. Always liked Another her. Another big name, though. Is she still a big name? I think so. She used to be. And and she's still somebody, like, you know, credit where credit's due, I still really like. But outside the Hitman's Bodyguard, I've not really seen her in too many mainstream things. But I love the idea of her being attached to an MCU property. The Little Mermaid. This has been a hot topic over <laughs> the past week. Yes. Halle Bailey. Not Halle many Berry. Many mistook Halle Berry. <laughs> but... Halle Bailey, she's uh, one part of a hip-hop duo. Sure. Bailey and somebody. <laughs> Look, so she can sing. <laughs> we do some research on this show. Halle Bailey has been cast as Ariel in Disney's upcoming live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. The reason why some people are upset is because Ariel has typically been pale, or pale, <laughs> white, I should say. She's a very pale drawing. That was strange. Ariel. <laughs> I mean, yes, okay. White. Ariel has always oh, been a white character with red hair, and Halle Bailey is a African-American. She's a black actress. There's, I mean, there's two ways coming in. People like to see, I guess, the interpretation of the characters that they know 
people trade as they know them being and it's like okay fair enough it'd be like if the character was a black character and you cast them as a white or asian person of, yeah of course you would question and say well why it'd be the same way some people are going at it as a full-on just racist thing like shouldn't be black should be white whatever it's i mean it, it's ridiculous it should be the right person for the role yeah i mean if you want to get real technical and this isn't just me being a little bit funny it's like yeah, mermaids are mythical creatures. They're not real. But if you applied science to them, black pigments in skin are developed from exposure to sunlight across years, hundreds of years of evolution and generations and stuff like that. Mermaids living under the sea, yeah, would be. Pale. Pale. <laughs> oh, there we go. They would be pasty as. But you Probably know what? even it's a cartoon. Translucent. <laughs> it's know. a cartoon <laughs> yeah. that they're adapting as a movie. Even in the cartoon, there were black mermaids. So, I mean, my logic that is, is... That is true. I, frankly, I don't give a shit. There's further casting. I just want the red hair. I think the, the red hair is more important. I think there may be a way of achieving it. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I think there's a way of changing the hair colour on a person. I hope there's a way. I hope they come up with some Science scientific will find a way. way. Well, The Little Mermaid may have found its Ursula. Melissa McCarthy is in talks to play the villain, and I am outraged because she is not purple. <laughs> <laughs> she is not a purple but person. They might find a Maybe way. they should hold out for a purple actress to play Ursula. Let's put the whole production on hold. <laughs> We've also got Jacob Tremblay and Aquafina. They're in talks to join the film in the roles of Flounder and Scuttle. So that's the little fish and the bird. Sure. Quite a bit of casting, though. <laughs> I mean, it's... You know, and it came out in like in the space of a week. We went from nothing to this. Yeah, and I think like we're no one's been talking about the Lion King. No, the Lion King, the Little Mermaid. There is so many of these live action Disney yeah, movies. It's hard to keep track. Lots of L's as well. What I saw online yesterday, <laughs> Terry Crews, he retweeted a photoshopped image of him as a mermaid. <laughs> Let's just cast him as Ariel's dad. Done. Why, why not? It's Done. got the dancing packs. Confirmed here it's happening. You heard it first. <laughs> um, Takai Watiti has been hired to develop a Flash Gordon animated film for Fox Disney. I mean, come on. Thor Ragnarok felt like a Flash Gordon movie. <laughs> Perfect. And, and we're looking we're at... In his realm, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, animation styles. If we look, if they can do something trippy like we got with Into the Spider-Verse. I know this is not Sony, but just give us... Something that looks different. Sounds good. Ghostbusters 3. Paul Rudd will play a teacher alongside Carrie Coon and Finn Wolfhard. Whoa, there's a in teacher the in this movie. Mind He's play a teacher. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Did you see the casting announcement? And well, he, was, he was outside the firehouse. Outside the firehouse and he was talking about sliming himself. You know, he was so excited <laughs> that his agent got the call. Yeah. I mean... What What's not to not? like? I mean, we're excited for more Ghostbusters anyway. And now they're adding Paul Rudd into the mix. I mean, does anybody dislike Paul Rudd? He just seems <laughs> universally liked. I'm sure there's a Paul Rudd hate club out there. And I'm sure they're writing to us right now. Being like, we exist. <laughs> dear that film studio. Don't diminish us. <laughs> dear, dear that film <laughs> But I, uh, I like it. I like the casting. It's shaping up. We've got the originals, and now we're getting the other cast members. And Paul Rudd... Great addition. I'm on board. Julian uh, Bell, the star and co-creator of the Comedy Central series Idiot Sitter, is joining the latest Bill and Ted film as the family therapist. 
in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh my God, there's a therapist in Bill and Ted Face the Music. This this movie's shaping <laughs> up. Like they've actually started filming this movie. It's mm. happening. We were, we were uh, before we started recording. I was showing you some behind the scene pictures of Keanu Reeves oh, just, looking not like Keanu Reeves. But I am excited for this movie, and I'm excited for them having a therapist in this movie. <laughs> Enola Holmes. Heard of this one before? I think we may have we mentioned, mentioned it. it. Yeah. We have, haven't we? Okay, so in this movie, Millie Bobby Brown is playing the title character, the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes. So that's not the news. The news, though, Sherlock Holmes has been cast for this movie. Oh, tell me who? Henry Cavill. Well, I like it. <laughs> yeah, there he, we go. There you have it. He's a, he just has that. He has a charm. He has a charm. Yeah. Charismatic. Holmesy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I can get out of that. Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, Zachary Levi is in talks to star in the Lonely Island produced Spy Guys. Um, set to play an Ethan Hunt style super spy who has to rely on his moronic college friends to complete a mission. Completely on board with this concept, uh, this casting. Zachary Levi, he is Shazam, but many years ago he was Chuck. On TV. And I think, yeah, that Chuck-type character kind of fits into this sort of premise. Well, in Chuck, yeah, he he was a title character, but he, was, he, didn't, he wasn't really a competent spy, and, and it came with time. So he was the one that was paired up with a competent spy, and he had, like, his friends yeah. helping him. So now it sounds like he's, like, playing the other part of that, that duo that, that, uh, that were the main characters in that series. So I like the fact that now there's... They're having him as the main guy, and he's been supported by the other guys. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Sounds good. Bond 25. Bond, James Bond. We have a photo. An official photo <laughs> that we can talk about. You've on, seen it. On this audio podcast. <laughs> You've all seen it. It's Daniel Craig looking like James Bond. He's in the street. He's got sunglasses on. Looks good. I'm just I'm just <laughs> happy that we can. we've got a little bit of news, even though it's an image. And it's not us reporting on yet another injury that has happened <laughs> during the production of this movie. I mean, it's always good when no one's I mean, hurt. what was it? His ankle or a stuntman? Something's always happening. Did someone die? Whoa. Did they? I think someone died. Oh, way to, way to bring the mood I mean, down. No, I think someone actually died okay. on the set. Oh, so, I mean, if that's news, I have no other information. But we've got a photo <laughs> of Daniel Craig looking good. And alive. Bond. And very much yeah. alive. And all that. So that's good. And that was a short round of movie news. Rapid fire almost. TV news. Let's get straight into it. Gremlins. Secrets of the Mogwai. <laughs> How do you say that? Is it... Mogwai. Mogwai? Yeah. They say it in the movies, don't they? Yeah. I is just... it Mogwai? Just... Or is it Mogwai? See, I don't know. Ooh. Let's just say both. Warner Media has officially ordered a 10-episode animated Gremlins prequel. Gremlins. Secrets of the Mogwai. Maguay. It takes place in the 1920s Shanghai, where a 10-year-old Sam Wing met the young Gizmo. <laughs> a young Mogwai named or called Gizmo. Gizmo. So the origins of Gizmo, or the meeting of Gizmo and Sam Wing. <laughs> I mean, it's what we thought was going to be happening with Warner Media, similar to Disney Plus. They're the leaning on. IPs that people know, Gremlins, and I guess they're going to go through the Warner Brothers back catalogue and just see what they can bring to the small screen. 
We've only ever had those two movies. That's it. So like a prequel series, animated, I'm all for it. I'll take it. Like, why not? And that's that's it, yeah. And they put a teaser image out, but it's pretty much just like an outline of Gizmo's head and then the, the <laughs> logo. But I'm into it. It looks good. It's official. Neil Gaiman's The Sandman will become a new TV series on Netflix. This is a DC Vertigo yeah. title. I know there are big fans of Sandman out there. Huge fans and not of Sandman. the Spider-Man Sandman. That's something different. Completely different. But the fact <laughs> that Neil Gaiman seems to be on board with this adaption. Yeah. Interesting that it's going to Netflix and not the DC Universe app. I mean, it's Vertigo, but, you know... I mean, in fact, Vertigo, they recently just announced the closing down Vertigo comics. Oh, right, okay. But we've got that movie coming out this year, The Kitchen, which is Vertigo. Anyway, The Sandman coming to TV, so he's a, like a spiritual character, you know, that the Sandman, you know the whole story. Well, maybe you don't. <laughs> and we don't know too much about it either, to be honest, but he's, uh, you know, there's a character out there named Death and Sandman and people like it. People like we it. need to go to the next story because I've literally exhausted my knowledge uh, of the Sandman. Well, this one's about Lord of the Rings, so let's see how you go with this one. Um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom director J.A. Bayona will direct the first two episodes of Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series. Okay, that's that's fine. I mean, he's done horror, he's done Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you associate Peter Jackson with Lord of the Rings... We've known for a long time that he is not involved with this series. But we're getting a new flavour, we're getting new people. But they've new... gone for a theatrical director to at least direct the first two episodes. But neither of us are Lord of the Rings guys. And that's where we're finding trouble discussing. <laughs> but it, but it's, I, just, I want to chuck it in here because it's something of note. Yeah, good. The Dark Crystal <laughs> Age of Resistance TV series has added... Well, of course, it's a TV series. It's a TV news. But anyway, Age of Resistance has added even more talent to its already impressive voice cast. We have Lena Headey as Maudafara, Benedict Wong as the General, Aquafina as the Collector, Sigourney Weaver as the Myth Speaker, Hannah John Kamen as Naya, and Dave Golez as Buffy. Some big names in there, and it looks to be a continuation of the movie, and they kept the same style, haven't they? So it's still the Henson puppets. Yeah, I mean, like we, like I said the last time we spoke about this show, I have no connection to this. I watched it a lot Dark as Crystal a kid, yeah. as a movie, and I do know people that are diehard fans, but I would be interested, and more so, if I'm honest, the fact that it's on Netflix, I'm more interested in just checking it out and maybe watching it at a casual pace. But they are generally getting some big names for this series. They are, definitely, and that's the biggest commentary we can give on that. I mean, how many TV series has Sigourney Weaver even done? I can't even think of one. I'm, I'm completely at a loss there. Yeah, wow. And that's it for the TV <laughs> news. Sigourney Weaver, the TV snob. <laughs> well, not anymore. Oh, yes, true. And now, recommend. As always, we like to recommend something to you, something we've watched and enjoyed. Jason, what do you have? It's a cooking show of sorts. Ah, you know what this is. I haven't watched it, but it's... Yeah. I mean, you've not said it yet, but I'm fairly confident it it's is, the one that I've added to my list. It's on Netflix. Yeah, you probably have to see your list. The Chef Show, uh, presented by John Favreau and Roy Chow. Eight episodes. There's a lot of cooking in it. They don't really... Talk too much about the cooking. Question though, did you watch the movie Chef? 
Yes, I did. Love that movie. Made me really hungry. Well, it was them two working together on that movie, which was the reason for the show in the first place. But apparently he's been doing stuff like this for a long time, like, you know, this cooking stuff and all that on movie sets and stuff like that. He's been bringing people in. But, yeah, this is what he does. He brings in, like, different names, friends, work people he's worked with, you know, um, Gwyneth Paltrow, brings in, like, Robert Downey Jr., Tom, Tom Holland, a few other people throughout. It's a lot of fun. It's interesting if you're interested in sort of movies as well as, you know, if you're interested in the food as well. But the movie side of things, John Favreau's, you know, work that he's done on movies. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a heavy contender amongst the things and the act- actors and stuff. I've not it watched well. it yet, but am I right in thinking that this is the show where Gwyneth Paltrow found out that she was in a Spider-Man film? First episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get About it. About 10 minutes in as well. It really doesn't take long. It's straight I can it. get where she's coming from, but who's signing your check? Oh, I suppose it's all Disney. It's Disney, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I can see. She it goes just, to, the, it's probably a Disney backlot somewhere. Think and someone would mention that, hey, you know, my kid just went to watch you in Spider-Man Homecoming. They anyway. Just, they just go to a set one day, do an afternoon's work, and they're just, yeah. It's even all Favreau came out in their defense and says that, even for him, it was the ground zero of Iron Man. It can be confusing and <laughs> Keeping track of who's where. But it's good to hear that it's good, though, because I've heard good things about it, but to hear that you're on board of it, yeah. I'm on board. I will check it out. Keeping it Netflix, and I did have a, a backup plan, because <laughs> I'm, I'm here to recommend... Have you ever seen Stranger Things? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to include it initially as a recommend, because it's like, well, Jason's going to say it for sure. But you didn't. <laughs> so here we are. I'm recommending Stranger Things that I watched and loved that first season... Really enjoyed the second episode, except for that episode where Eleven went to the city. We didn't need that. But season three, and just Stranger Things as a whole, is bloody brilliant. And I loved watching season three. I did the whole season across three nights. I mean, I did I did well, four days, but yeah, you're right. Start is, to finish that third season. Oh, man, Stop. it is such a good show and I, I don't even want to say anything about it just in case you're listening to this and you've not watched it yet but there's there's so much like yeah, humour and heart and horror and drama like this show has absolutely everything and I feel like in the second season they really went out out of their way to have nods to the 80s pop culture and what I really liked about season 3 although it's still very present because it's the time that this takes place it's not as on the nose. Like, it's still there. Oh, there's a, I mean, there's a few it. things. I mean, they go to a cinema and I mean, they do. But, yeah, but that makes sense the subtle, for the story. The, like The code names they on go the into, walkie-talkies? Yeah. I so, won't say what they are. But it's more obvious, I found, in season two. Mm. Like, they sprinkled it throughout season one. People liked it. They overdid it for me in the second season. Subtle. Yeah. It's, but in this third one, like, for example, like, I'm watching it with my wife, and they're in a convenience store, and they're walking down an aisle, and I point out to my wife, Ghostbusters cereal. It's just there on the shelf. No one's pointing to it. No one's picking it up. It's just there. The show in general, though, absolutely love it. David Harbour as Hopper. What a character. Brilliant. So recommending Stranger Things, and no doubt every man and his dog has been recommending the show to you. (laughs) I second that. There we go. I recommend from me as well for it. And you know what? It's been a long time since we've done it, so I thought we'll do it. Let's just pause and let's break for a commercial. Let's give you and Rob a shout-out at (laughs) VYN Review. And we're back 
Full disclosure, Jason is doing the editing on this episode, so if you did not hear that commercial, <laughs> let Jason know. Uh, well, I mean, I obviously definitely put it in, right? <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, it's your show. And Rob's. Shout out to Rob. Trivia. As always, we'd like to close out on some trivia, and it's Gremlins-based. The set for Kingston Falls is the same one used for Back to the Future. Ooh. Interesting. Location trivia. Both set. movies were filmed in the Universal Studios lot. Gremlins in 84, Back to the Future in 85. Originally, Stripe and Gizmo were the same character. This changed when executive producer Steven Spielberg insisted one of the Gremlins be a good guy with whom the audience could identify. Nice. One. Love that choice. Yeah, I would not have liked it if course. he just he was. So it sounds like it was more of a Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or Bruce Banner, Incredible Hulk, whichever whichever one works for you. It's been done. (laughs) After watching Tim Burton's earlier short films, Steven Spielberg considered him to direct this movie. He decided against it, however, because at the time Burton had never directed a full feature-length movie. Mm. Interesting. Joe Dante, big fan of his work, and I'm so glad that these are his movies. wouldn't want to change it. And it would have had a Tim Burton flavour on it, and it would have fallen into that realm. Danny Offman music, I don't know, Johnny Depp as the kid. So what have we had so far as part of this trivia segment? We've had location trivia, director trivia, character trivia. I'm going to close out on some release date trivia. Originally, or not originally, (laughs) this movie was released on the same day in 1984 as Ghostbusters what a weekend what a weekend to watch both Gremlins and Ghostbusters we we keep saying like our blockbuster season this year is just over bloated I mean movies come and go so fast but what a weekend like two, (laughs) two films classics to this day well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Films You Podcast. We also have our sister shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsyoupodcast.com. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Annabelle Comes Home and Spider-Man Far From Home. Sounds Like Comics did a recent episode looking at Deadly Class and Rewind and Review went back to 1994 to review Forrest Gump. We have done that many reviews lately and Sounds Like Comics, we've been stuck at Conan the Barbarian (laughs) for the longest time. This is the first time we've not given it a plug. Although technically, I just plugged it then. What are you doing? (laughs) You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys for that film shoot. See you soon. God damn it. I just noticed that, like, as I was reading it towards the end, it's like, oh, it's so good. It's refreshing, isn't it? (laughs) Bloody Conan.